This episode of a Quick Time Out podcast is presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. Dr. Dish machines are the most advanced shooting machines on the market. If you haven't already, join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Baylor, Alabama, and countless others and upgrade to Dr. Dish. And now save an extra $300 on select models when you mention Quick Time Out podcast. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. It's great to have on the podcast head coach for the men's basketball team for William Peace, Coach Claude Shields. Coach, welcome to the show. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Coach Shields just finished his 11th season there at William Peace, which is, uh, by the way, a D3 school in the USA South Conference down here in the Carolinas. He's been a Coach of the Year award winner already in that conference. And uh, one of those unique situations that not a lot of coaches get, you had the opportunity to start the program there opportunities, challenges that went along with that? Oh, man, all of the above, I guess, uh, <laughs> depending on perspective. Um, yeah, I mean, we were an all-women's school for 154 years. So, you know, I think visibility was probably the biggest challenge early on, you know, which is funny to look back on now because it probably shaped how we played because we needed a way to recruit, right, mm -hmm. um, to be able to, to get some attention from young men other than, you know, being an all women's school, which did grab attention the first couple of years, but after that um, faded a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, it was certainly, uh, it's really fun to look back on what those early years were. We were really bad um, for a couple of years. Um, some of those box scores are, uh, are, are pretty ugly, but um, you certainly building blocks for the future. Obviously you come into a new place and there's, you're starting from scratch. Like there's nothing yep. there, maybe an opportunity too. you're not fighting what the old guy did or, trying to redo something, rebuild habits. How did you decide on specifically your offense? Because I want to stick to that primarily today. But how did how did you decide on what that was? And maybe it was what you just said, something totally different than what you did now, just simply because of personnel or yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't know at the time or whatever. And then how did now a decade later, what it's become, how did it shape to become that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I played uh, JV basketball at UNC Chapel Hill. So did kind of the opposite of what um, I always think it's interesting recruiting when I'm talking to families, you know, I chose to go to big school and, and pursue JV and it's awesome experience for me, um, you know, different than what I recruit to now. But after our first year uh, and really second year, I guess we had our, our first year in the league, you know, we needed, like we were small and everybody, we were, you know, less athletic, younger, without a doubt. And so we kind of made a, a change. Um, this is going into what, 14, 15 and said, we're just going to, we, we said, let it fly. Right. And we're like, we're just going to shoot a ton of threes. Right. When I was uh, at Carolina, you know, it was Roy Williams, secondary break, you know, two bigs and not like that necessarily trail big, wouldn't even really shoot threes. Right. Definitely not a, a huge emphasis. And so we use that framework to say, you know, that, that four for us was not, it was a guard, right? It was four guards. So um, we, we couldn't um, even our, you know, quote unquote five would be, you know, six, four athlete, maybe even six, three at the time. So we really dove into that and said, all right, we're going to recruit guys and tell them what we're going to shoot. We haven't done it yet. We're going to tell our recruits and then our returners that we're just going to shoot 43s a game, right? Between 35 and 40. You know, I think if there's one thing, um, this has not changed in a decade. Uh, young men like to, to hear that and they like to, they think they can shoot whether they can actually shoot or not. Right. Um, and so like, we just kind of dove into that. Our, our returners loved it at that time. They're like, Oh, this is cool. You know? Cause like, it wasn't like we looked at our team and said, man, like we can really shoot it. Like we just need to shoot more of it. No, nah, we just said, all right, 
we're going to let you do it. So we kind of did some form of like secondary break, probably a little more freedom than the, you know, the old Carolina back screen on the ball reversal. Like that's, you know, we, we did a little more freedom and just read base out of it for probably the next like five or six years. And then right before COVID hit, I would say we started, you know, we, we know the shots that we want to get, right. And none of this is like groundbreaking, right? Like we want to score at the rim. We want to get, you know, to the free throw line and we want to shoot open threes, preferably by guys who could shoot it. And so we started finishing possessions, a staple of, you know, a Roy Williams coach team is they would always, you know, and a lot of teams do this is finish possession with a high ball screen, right. And just attack it. Right. It's like, well, you know, if you have Ty Lawson coming off that screen or some other guys they have, it probably works. We, we changed right before COVID how we would finish possessions with some Princeton actions. And we loved it. Like it, it was just a really cool way at 12 on the shot clock to go into that action. And we thought we got great shots. And then through the last three years, we have fully committed to, you know, flowing from Princeton to five out, five out into Princeton and really did that in a year where we, it was kind of crazy to look back on it now, even three years ago, like we played half a season, right? Like probably not the best time to do it. Um, we needed more practice time um, and we struggled during that, but it was like, we reviewed it at the end of the year. We're like, man, that was so fun to coach of like the, the reads we get to, um, to teach and it fit in with how we want to share the rock and like all the things that we preach every day. And so it's just fully committed to that, just kind of like on the fly, um, still the same profile, like shots that we want to get. I just think we arrive at them a, a much better way. And it's been really fun to coach. And it makes me kind of, I mean, I've been here for 11 years, and but I've only been doing this for really two and a half on the offensive end. And it's like, I feel like every, you know, year, certainly it's just like, man, you're unlaying, you know, take another layer off the onion. It's just amazing. Right. Like, and it's uh, made it so fun for me to coach. Cause what, what people forget sometimes is like, you know, we as coaches, like we watch so much film of our teams or obviously scouting too, but like, I want to watch something that like, I really enjoy watching. Right. It sounds simple. Like, I don't know if that's why you should choose the way you play, but it's like, it kind of makes sense to me at least. It's like, man, I'm watching this, you know, all the time. Like I want it to be a, a, a brand of basketball. That's, that's fun to watch. I had a conversation with a coach and we wondered how many coaches, the same kind of thing happened where they, they emerged from COVID with, with new offenses because we had more time, more time than we'd ever had before. Yeah. Yeah. And listen to more clinics probably than we had ever listened before. And I think some of us were like, not that we were tired with what we were doing before, but eyes were open to, it's like a better way, a more enjoyable way to do it. Yeah. I'm going to, and I now have time to be able to find what that is. Yep. And uh, this more of conceptually based type offenses. Whereas you think I'm, I'm losing control over things, which I, I don't know how you feel, but I feel sometimes like that. That is yeah. the case. Like I've lost control of what goes on there. There is a fun side of it that I do feel like you just continue to kind of, there's more things, like you said, the, there's more to the onion. You can just keep peeling back and do yeah. as much as you want or as little as you want. And that kind of leads me to the next question here. As it's developed to what it is now for you, what are the, what are the typical things that we're going to watch or see in any given possession of a Pacers offensive possession? Yeah, you're going to see the ball move. Um, you're going to see a team that uh, we don't screen a ton, right? Um, we do um, some in, in some actions, I guess, but like an automatic for us, and I think this is talking about um, a, a layer of the onion, you know, in our – how we kind of break down uh, – it's funny, I think the things that, you know, you look back at every year and you're like, man, like this is what I taught in October – you know, for us division three guys, when we start, I guess that'll be earlier uh, next year. 
and like this is what we taught and how we wanted to 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 uh, roll it out and then like by you know december it's probably a little different than that but we you know you would see uh you know we're, we're big believers in like some automatics within our five out right and so like when we have how we taught at the beginning and it, it varied with this um for our group but as we came you know bring the ball to the court like we're getting our ball reversal you know any two to a side is an automatic backdoor right so a dribble at backdoor is just a you know i think we can change that a little bit next year and maybe have a little more read based in okay well you know if you've done that uh we, we call it backdoor a, a bingo and it's like all right well if we're, we bingo it a couple of times maybe i can take one step and then come off a dho we didn't really teach it that way this year we really wanted to commit to that and so you know we scored i think 1.29 points per possession on cuts like it was our and that was like nine percent of the time right which is a pretty high number and so you know we were just really good at moving without the ball i wouldn't even say like we we shot upwards of things like 27 28 threes and we didn't shoot it well like we had two guys who probably could shoot it um well but i think what you'd see is you'd see the ball move we have to be a not that we can't recruit this but we have to be able to get to our spots um, probably more so based on what we're doing as a team versus than just like individual skill or, you know, athleticism. Right. And so I think you'll see us get paint touches a ton, but how we get there is because of our spacing. Um, it's because of how we teach to share the rock. And, and so you're going to see a team that, that moves really well the ball. And then also like a huge thing for us is finishing our cuts. It's something we say all the time that I don't think one, I don't think teams cut well enough, right? Like cutting with a purpose to score, whether you score, whether you get the ball or not, like it's providing value. Um, and then the, the biggest piece of that is finishing your cut. So like we put down tape and for a, a no man's land, right? Like finishing your cut is not going out to, you know, 18 feet in the short corner, right? Like if we don't want you shooting from there, then you shouldn't be standing there, you know? And so I, I think the ability to, you, you'd see that, uh, obviously you still see, um, you know, us shooting a, a bunch of threes, but just really complete freedom. Right. Like you're probably I mean, at times we, we won some we set a program record for wins this year, which was great. But at the beginning, we, we started the year five and five. And I'm sure there are people in the crowd being like, man, like this dude ain't coaching at all. Right. Like he, he doesn't he doesn't call plays. He doesn't really like calling timeouts. He doesn't, you know, but like we try to teach him how to play and then let them go make the reads, you know, whether that's out of five out or Princeton. But yeah, you'd see a lot of that, which is a huge credit to I mean, It's so fun to teach someone how to do something and then like get to watch them go do it. That's way better than a, in my opinion. Um, you know, running some sets or whatever. So let me come back to the skills. You started down that, but I want to keep yeah. it just general still. What triggers the five out to the Princeton and then the Princeton to the five out? Yeah. So what we say is we designate one guy as our rim run. Right. And so, you know, if um, we had, we had a guy uh, this year who I think was like second in the league in rebounds, average like eight and a half, you know, if he, and he had some guard skills too, he was actually top three in the league in assist. If, if our rim run did not get the rebound, he was still, you know, some Roy Williams, like sprinting to the rim, right? For us, not posting on the block necessarily. Although you could, you, we, we did that a little bit. Uh, if he got, um, if he didn't get the rebound, he's sprinting to the rim and we're going to go and we're going to flow from Princeton to five out, right? Uh, so we're going to fill our lanes, you know, to get into our spots to flow into Princeton. And if he did get the rebound, uh, we like to break our guys up into kind of pushers and non-pushers, right? Um, which is, you know, a pusher would have the freedom to, to lead the break. It's kind of a weird phrase because like you can run faster if you, you know, you aren't dribbling, right? If you're pitching ahead. But if our rim run got the rebound, then we would be filling the spots, whether he outlet it or brought it up himself. If he got the rebound, we'd be in, in five out. 
which I thought I thought was a really great way to teach it for our guys because uh, we had a lot of new this year. We eventually it got not that specific. It was they they just flowed so much better because we had a lot of guys who could fill different spots. So, but I thought that was a good way to teach it to intro it to kind of it made it easier for them to be like, all right, cool, I know what I'm going to because like one thing about freedom is sometimes too much of it can actually be constricting. Right. Um, and, and I've run to that before. And so it's like, you got to have some, some base layers to, Hey, this is how we're going to, we're going to get some more of it. But like, this is, this will help you on your learning process. A quick timeout is presented by huddle, the market leader in video based analysis solutions for basketball teams around the world. Huddle continues to make advancements to their suites of performance analysis solutions. Tools you know like sports code are enhanced by their industry-leading tech like Huddle Focus, an AI-powered smart camera that's built to integrate into sports code right out of the box. It captures and uploads videos automatically from any gym. Head over to huddle.com slash a quick timeout to get a peek at all they're bringing to the hardwood for every level of the game this season. So for the skills, whether it's what you're looking for in a recruit or once they get there onto campus and you're like, they have to know how to do these things in order to be successful in our system. What are yeah. those things? And then what do you find yourself repping the most through the year in order for them to have improvement in the system? Yeah. So on the recruiting side, like we're looking and this is not a groundbreaking. I mean, I, I think the game is um, sometimes we make it too complicated as coaches. Uh, I think it's easy for me to say that at, at our level. It's a, so it's why I love division three so much. It's you have the freedom to coach that way too. Right. Like I think if I was, you know, making a million dollars to coach, I might coach differently, maybe. But um, we, we want guys who can all dribble, pass, and shoot, right? Like, which sounds simple. Maybe you could, I mean, we want someone who can at least do two of the three. And we, we think that we can teach you to do the third, right? Like, I'm not a shot doctor by any stretch of the imagination, but I do believe that however funky your shot looks, if you just do it more and more, you're going to get better at it, mm-hmm. right? You know, and if you're not a great ball handler, we're going to make you, like, we had a we have a 6'10 uh, sophomore uh, who's only been playing basketball for three years. And we have, we start most practices with, with what we call um, controlled seasoning. Now I took this, my, my a former assistant of mine uh, had the idea for that name because it looked like when you're cooking, like you need to have some seasoning, but like you can't put too much in there where you're just going, you know, it takes over the the flavor of the meal. And like we have our 6'10 guy do those ball handling drills. And these are not, you know, we do some partner work. We do some, a lot of like, you know, chair work to improve that. But like, it looks bad. Like, I'll be honest, like the first two weeks, you'd be like, man, that guy should not be dribbling the ball. Um, And I think like he and it's funny, like he's never been asked to do that, really. And and whether he ends up doing it for us or not, I think is beside the point. But I think it sends a message to like we want to develop every area of your game, even if it like is painful. Right. And so we want guys who can do that. Um, I think um, and then obviously passing like we do. We rep so much. We do a really simple drill almost every day. We do it in our warm up on game days where we're, you know, we can do it all on the same goal or, you know, spread out more in practice, but we're just working at our dribble at back door, right, um, and making that pass, right, because we want to make that pass so much that, you know, we want to make it, uh, we, we say low and late, right, so you're taking a couple steps, you're setting up your cut, and then you're going to finish at the rim, um, and then the other side of the court, we're just doing the same thing, but with a DHO, right, so you're setting your cut up to come off the DHO, and we do that on day one, and then we do that all the time right um because you know that whether it's five out right two to a side automatic back door or the the reject of the split screen like that's a pass that for us like fours and fives 
although we don't really call them that, they need to be able to make that pass. But everybody does, right? Because we have possessions where, you know, you could have your quote-unquote point guard at the elbow doing your split screen action, or obviously in five out, they're all interchangeable. So, you know, th those are something that we rep all the time. One other little thing that we did to, to improve that, it's funny, we ask our guys a question. We have a series of questions for our end-of-season meetings. And one of them, and this is stolen from Twitter, I think, last year or the year before, it's a great resource. Um, we asked our guys uh, two questions, and one of them is like, what do we do that uh, you'd like to do more of, right? Real simple. And they can apply that to whatever it is, right? And then we say the flip side of that is, what do, you, what do we do that you want to do less of? We had a drill that we called perfect passing. And it was funny, like 60% of our team was like, coach, we got to do less perfect passing. That drill was so bad. And I was like, let's let's unpack this a little bit, right? And so we it's it's a, it's a really simple drill, but it's really working on getting paint touches, right, and then passing with both hands, right, which is so important, right? Um, and so it's a continuous uh, a continuous drill where you're you know you're ripping through, getting the paint, and making a pass to the left, right, and then making a pass to the right. And we're not doing it for very long, but you would have thought these guys were like like I was asking them to go to the dentist or something, right, with this. And so it's like the one good information for us to have, but like I really think there's there's things that you've got to be able to do daily. Even if it seems redundant, you got to have some changes to it to make it more exciting. But it was really funny how feedback from them was like, all right, we've got to find a way to spice that up a little bit more because, you know, we need guys who can do all three of those things and find a way to get like real reps of those, you know, before we start playing five on five, which we do a ton of, but you can't you know, necessarily do that on day one uh, as much as I would like to. You mentioned the shooting. Uh, you have a version of green light shooting. Oh, yeah. You want to explain what you all do with that? Yeah, this is um, it's changed throughout the years with how much I guess not the the, the number of shots uh, or the makes, but uh, how much how often we have them renew it uh, is, a, is a source of constant debate amongst our program. So baseline is we, we kind of go through three different areas. Um, you know, it's three minutes um, with one ball and one rebounder. And the, both of those are huge factors. Uh, as to what your number is. So if you make less than, uh, we say, if you make less than 30 in three minutes, um, then you're on your 15 speed, right? Like you don't have the ability to shoot yet. If you make more than 30, uh, we call that a permit, right? So like it's in North Carolina, it's, you know, you, I think it's 15, you can have your permit, drive around with your uh, a parent in the car. And, and and that's a great place that like, we want all of our guys there. Um, that's a catch and shoot open shot, right? Like if we could take catch and shoot open threes all the time, like we'd be thrilled. And then, um, 35 um, and above in that three minutes is your license, right? It's so like off the bounce, coming behind a ball screen. We actually said um, from a, we, we thought this really helped. You'd have to get your license for us to be able to pop the split screen, right? And so in Princeton, like when we're teaching, that'll be the last thing we would teach. And we'd say, look, like you can't pop it, right? Um, unless you have your license. So, uh, and then 40 or more in three minutes with one ball, one rebounder would be the green light. Right. Uh, we had a guy a couple of years ago, Camden Ferguson, who set every record in the USA South for he, he attempted three, 11 threes a game for four years and shot 40 percent. So, like, I always say, like, uh -huh. we probably should let him shoot more because that's pretty good. <laughs> and that would be we don't have a ton of green light guys, but uh, we you do that. That's three minutes, one ball, one rebounder. We would have our guys do it at five spots. Right. Uh, we've done various. We do that. They, they get it and then renew it like at maybe once a month. We changed it this year to where we actually did. We just wanted three minutes a day, right? Like one spot and like your running average was where you were. Um, so like if you wanted to do it more than once a day, you could. Because um, like really three minutes is is pretty easy. But it's been a, it's been a huge I – mean, we, we talk about every recruit. It's a fun 
it's a fun drill. We do it every shoot around tube on, on game days. Like we pick two guys. Sometimes they'll pick um, like a coach will step out and do it with them. And like they're talking trash and all this stuff. So it's a fun, it's a fun thing, but I think it's such a huge, I mean, it's so simple. Um, you need, you gotta have a rebounder who's going to work. Um, that's for sure. But it's fun. Kind of back to the system and breaking down the system a little bit. Yeah. Uh, concepts you've alluded to some of these already, but what do they need to know in order to run the style of, of offense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, first they need to be, you know, kind of taught your you know, where to run to on the floor, right? That's a huge piece. You know, the the effort that's required to get there. You know, we think that, you know, I'll, I'll tackle five out um, kind of first. But, you know, we, we have two guys at the corner, um, both slots, um, and then uh, trail at the top of the key, right? Um, and, like, that's, uh, you know, net, net, relatively standard. And then we have a couple. So like on, on that ball reversal, we have to teach guys, you know, we teach them the reads and the options. And they're like, that's, that's like what I know. Right. And then there's like reads and options on top of that. that like I haven't even uncovered yet. Right. Which is so cool. And like, and they've, they, they start to buy that, but they need to know like a framework first. Right. And so, you know, we really break it down to where like, like basically like when you have the ball in your hands and our offense, like you're the point guard, right? Like we don't use that, um, terminology a ton, but we have to teach our guys, you know, they need to know, I think they like like names, like whether it's a bingo or, you know, we call, if we make the, when we're in five out and we come down, we make the ball reversal to pass to the the trail top of the key. And we go back at the point guard for a dribble out. We call that a cheetah. And like, I think they like, it's, it's easier to remember. And so um, I think the, the key with terminology is, is, is picking out what you want to say uh, and then saying it all the time, right? Like we call a slip uh, a shirt, right? So we can be nonverbal or verbal. Like we can either go into a cut and we're put, t- tugging our shirt so we know it um, or we're announcing it for our, because we want to, we really, we like to try to call our cuts. I think that's an underrated thing on the offensive end. Like it doesn't matter, like you're reading what you're doing, but at the same time, like if we're going to curl uh, our split screen, like we need to say curl. Right. Because, yeah, maybe that guy saw it and like knows exactly where to hit you, but maybe he's a second late to it and needs to hear that. Right. To be able to know where to put the pass, Um, because I'm probably more offensive coach than defensive. But like everybody knows, hey, you you have to talk on defense. You have to talk on defense. Well, I think you need to talk on offense, too. Right. Uh, And I think that's something that's really underrated. So getting him to communicate, that's not necessarily most of the guys that we coach. They probably haven't been told that before. Right. Of like, you know, whether it's I'm setting the ball screen, I'm rolling hard like. I've got to call my roll, right? If I'm, um, you know, going to roll or pop, just so it, it helps our spacing, it helps guys fill spots. So yeah, I would say, you know, what they need to know is like they need to know how to run the floor. They need to know uh, and be reminded of, you know, our terminology and the what options they have at each spot on the floor. You know, where they on that bingo in the five out bar reversal, are they going to finish that cut to uh, the opposite corner or same side corner? Right. We did a lot of really cool things that we added to where, you know, we would call it, you know, open roll replace if we're out of a timeout um, where we're going to make the ball reversal pass to our five man. He's going to dribble at for a bingo. If he's there, he's going to throw it to him. If not, it's a DHO with the corner man, uh, that corner man, the five man rolls and then uh, the bingo replaces behind it. Right. Just as a great variation between that, you know, and filling the opposite corner. And so having names to it's important because, uh, you know, coming out of the time, they need to know something to do. And I think at the end of the games, they need to have some like confidence level of like, Oh man, like, we, okay, that, that, that's, that play has been successful. Even if it's been a, it should be a read 99% of the time. So yeah, I would say knowing how to run the floor, knowing our terminology, knowing 
how to read their defender, right? Something we say a ton with those when you're free flowing, whether you start in Princeton or into five out or um, we say never fight at an eye, right? Like never fight at an eye because uh, like that has to be a, a staple of, you know, especially if you're a shooter and they're going to guard you that way. Like you, you, there's no need to fight over that DHO or what, or that's no, just go back door, right? Go bingo. So um, th- those things, I think once they know the framework, they can go execute it. Two concepts, the terms I've heard you use headlights and taillights. Can you talk about when those are used Yep. when that concept is used, but then also how important that is to creating and generating shot opportunities within some of the things that I, I think that you just described. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Um, you know, I, I um, stole that from uh, uh, Jeremy Courier. Who's at, um, God, where's he at now? He was at Pfeiffer uh, when I heard him speak and he was, um, he's at D2. North Georgia, right? Yeah. In Georgia. But when I heard him say that, I was like, man, that is just so simple that I can wrap my head around it. Like we need to do that right away. So, yeah. So like headlights, uh, we, we teach on like baseline drives that we have to have someone in the corner right up in front of us. Right. So the headlights of a car and, and then behind us in the taillights of a car. So ideally um, on drives, we're, we're going to know where to throw the ball, even if we you know, don't don't see it. Right. Like we we're, we're confident someone's going to be there. Um, and I think that's huge within, you know, within five out of finding the windows, right? Like those are two automatics for us that they're, they're 100% going to be there. Um, we teach it two different ways. Like obviously we want to play off two for the most part. We also teach, you know, being able to jump out of bounds to make that pass. Um, and which is a little, I, I guess, riskier, but both of those are huge to create some of those, either whether it's a catch and shoot or multiple driving kick actions. But once again, like a, a little, phrase right that i think like our guys can relate to they know and it really is um and we arrive at those from you know in transition right certainly right you know and then within our half court whether it's a five out for us or, or princeton um getting those shots I and mean, i think those a lot of our inside out a lot of our threes are inside out whether it's a post-entry kick out or a lot of the drives it's those headlights taillights and then sometimes multiple of them, which is really, really hard to guard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're, um, you know, you're driving, you hit a, a headlights and then, uh, you know, he drives and someone fills the taillights behind him. I mean, it's just a, they know they got to go find those two spots, right? Which is, a, a, you know, now in college, a slightly easier shot um, and one that we rep a ton. Like we do a, we do what we call headlights and taillight shooting, which is, you know, three on O, really, really simple but just uh, uh, starts with a baseline drive and a guy moves from the slot to the, to the taillights, right? And then a guy moves from the opposite slot to headlights, right? Just to be able to teach the framework of, uh, of trying to get those, getting those shots and a great way to get a, a, a lot of shots up quickly in practice that should be ones that we get in the game. So how do you practice most of these concepts? Is this three on O to start and then you work towards three on three or do you get to five on five quick or, what does that look like even through throughout the entirety of the season? Yeah. 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 Um, a lot of three on stuff to start a lot of three on O, right. Um, you know, for us uh, with, you know, with open five out, I mean, a real simple way to start is with that trail guy having the ball up top, a dribble at right. Um, two to a side that bingo pass, you know, or if he doesn't make the pass, you know, the DHO from the corner or, or to the corner. So, uh, and, a, and a huge piece of that is like the, you know, finishing that with the, your cut to the opposite. So finding ways to do three on O stuff where we start, where we'll, we'll, we'll teach it, where like we're getting one shot off of it. And then we slowly incorporate a second ball. 
I mean, I don't, everybody's staff is different. Like I have, you know, one guy who's going to be there every day as an assistant. I have another one who's going to be there some. Um, I would love to have a, you know, eight managers who would help me do all this stuff. Like we don't have that here. And so like we have to get a little creative with what we do. But like for the most part, we're at least getting two shots you know, after a while. And like, we stick with those three, three out stuff, like throughout the year, because, you know, I think you got to be reminded a, a lot more than you need to be taught. And so like, once we teach you this stuff, like we want to do that stuff over and over again, and we'll make them competitions, right? Like we'll split our guys up and, you know, we're counting how many makes we're getting, um, or we'll say, Hey, in the three, I know stuff, let's, let's add a slide dribble on our shot. Right. Um, something we like to do with when we're getting, where we're getting three shots and our three, I know stuff is like every shot's got to be assisted except the last one. Right. Um, the last one, like you're getting to create for yourself, which I think just sends a message of that. Those are the shots that we want to get. Um, but we're doing three on those stuff to start. Um, same thing with our, our prints and stuff. Um, you know, same concept of really teaching the split screen, you know, the elbow entry before we go into how we're going to get there. It's, you know, hey, you know, our guard up top is making the uh, elbow entry pass and I'm going either strong or way to set the split screen. Same thing, getting those three on O reps. We'll slowly, we'll go, we'll go from three on O to four on O. Um, and then um, a lot of five on O um, empty shell. I went to, I went to watch the, I guess it's those uh, Clifford's first time with uh, the Hornets. Uh, I went to watch it practice and I, I stole this from him and I've really liked it. Um, we do what we call lab work. The, it's the first thing we do, you know, before we even huddle as a team to go over our thought of the day and all that stuff before we stretch. Because I asked him after practice and I said, man, like, why did, like, why do you do that? Right. Like, why do you start with five on O stuff? And he said, man, these guys are all like, you know, they're professionals. They're, they got a ton of stuff going on in their lives. Um, whatever they're thinking about. He's like, for you in college, like they, they may have failed an exam. They may have done this or that. They're thinking about a bunch of stuff and I don't want to come in. The first thing we do is stretch and they're still thinking about that thing. Right. Um, and so I was like, man, that makes a ton of sense. So I want to give whether, man, whether they're still thinking about it or not, I don't know, but I, I, we've done it for the last few years. I think it's really helped. Um, and, and we'll, we'll use that time to, you know, maybe it's putting in a baseline balance, but at the beginning, it's certainly getting these five on O reps after we've, we've done it, you know, in, in part. So, uh, and we'll continue to do that um, throughout the whole year. A fun way to, to even the basics that you're doing, you're not straying that far. You're just trying to make it a little more competitive as the season goes on. All right. So as you've done this now for a while, what's changed? And you mentioned like even the kind of some variations maybe out of the DHOs. Yep. But is there anything that you want to do differently or maybe progress with now that you've had these kids in the system for a few years? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we return uh, uh, quite a bit of, of probably like 98% of our scoring for next year. So uh, it's a uh, my summer project's going to be really fun of what else we can add. One, I'd like to shoot the ball better, uh, which I think, you know, hey, I think a little bit is, you know, the work they're going to do this summer. Um, cause everything, golly, our spacing is so much better if we're guarded as shooters. And we certainly not always were guarded that way this year. Uh, and some of that's just getting guys who can shoot it to like have the confidence to shoot it more, which is crazy because we're pretty, we're pretty free in how we encourage guys. But one of the things that I'm really excited about doing is we would have, you know, and I think as we got, we, we probably exceeded expectations this year. We took kind of a jump, maybe even faster than I thought that we would had an impact transfer who helped with that. But being able to go to our extra, so the Princeton side of it, go to our extras more, right? Um, that's something that we really didn't do a ton of this year, you know. Um, and, and by extras, I mean, you know, the the 
as a, you pop a split screen, you go set a, a, another pin down that we would call a go, right? Or a, a twirl, right? So the, the big catch of the elbow and does a reverse pivot into a DHO or a bingo on the, the, uh, um, the single side um, that I think we just didn't really get to a ton. Now we were an efficient offense and we scored, you know, over a point per possession and um, we're really good top three in the league in assist. But um, I think that on that end and then on the five out end, it's probably trying to play a little faster Right, which I know is a very, uh, you know, this is the first year where like we like abandoned that facade. We we're like, nah, we're not the possess. We're not playing fast, right? Like we don't have the depth to do it. Uh, we'd like to get back there, but like we're going to be slow, uh, a little slower than we have been in the past. And so I like to get back to that to be able to attack and transition a little bit more with it. But with with our five out stuff, it's really even make it more simple, right? Like we didn't have. Uh, I mean, we would rarely do you know, setting drag screens and transition. I'd love to be able to unwrap that. I think as you get better and better players, you can get more and more simple, right? I think out of our open stuff this year, we had to be a little more almost not necessarily programmed, but it would, you know, we'd, we'd have to have a couple of ball reversals before we could really create an advantage. And I think we can create an advantage a little bit earlier, uh, assuming our guys keep getting better over the spring and summer and fall. So, yeah, I mean, I think those are so, some really big ones. Uh, one that we did, which sounds a little weird, uh, we, we, we emphasize this more in the uh, as the season went on. We have two big guys who we're hoping to take a leap this year and, and can play for us a little bit more who are 6'9 and 6'10. Six, uh, six, but we had two really – we had three of the top five leading scorers in the, in the league, and two of those guys were like basically stretch fours, right, really could be guards. And one thing that we didn't we, – we started to at the end of the year was, you know, the split action out of the post. Right. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say neither one, either one of them, but they might tell me this, but I, I just go to their synergy number and say, now nah, your post up number is not that great. We can watch every single one of them if you want. But we really like to, t- we, we taught that split screen a ton and then being able to, to even if we're not necessarily going to score out of them going one on one, I think that's such a powerful. And that, that was me like kind of swallowing my pride a little bit because I'm like, you know, man, it's such an inefficient shot. You know, why would you want to take them? And it's like, well, you know, man, like whether teams, teams often are so trained to, to, you know, whether they're going to dig in the post, maybe they'll double, maybe they're, they're going to show attention to it, whether they, you know, whether you're an effective threat or not, maybe because maybe because the team before was right. Um, but that that's something I think there's so many more legs to that we need to drill better so we can score in the post. But man, like that, that's a powerful three, right? That we got some this year, but we really, we really like to get more because that part of Princeton, we really haven't unlocked a ton that I'm excited about being able to do because, you know, when you got those two guys are going to be, they both average 17, 18 a game. And they, they have some skill down there. We need to refine it a little bit. But um, I think that's a, a ton that we can jump in. What matters to you most analytically as you look at your offense? What's, what's either grabbing your attention or causing you to then practically make changes or even design practices a certain way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We look at – we do like a um, – so in our – our post game breakdown, um, you know, we look at a, I have a really, I'd, I'd love to send it to you, like kind of like a running efficiency, you know, uh, I mean, it's a Google sheet, right? Because, you know, we use just play, which, you know, their numbers are different than synergies numbers, right? And, you know, I think I like the the old school formula the best, right? So I have a preloaded formula where my first thing post game is I'm plugging in field goal attempts and free throw attempts, turnovers and offense rebounds to get our efficiency number. You know, like while we were talking before, you know, how much of that I give to our guys, you know, it's going to go over their head. So what we broke down, what we break down for them in, in the most simple sense is 
we put up a post-game review slide that has our two-point percentage and our three-point percentage, right, um, to arrive at, you know, effective field goal percentage. I think effective field goal percentage is probably the thing I look at the most, right, um, both ours compared to our opponents. You know, it doesn't tell the whole story, but it tells a pretty good story of, you know, were we able to, you know, sometimes you're creating the shots and you're just not making them. But, you know, when we won that battle this year, I think we won like 80% of our games, mm -hmm. right, when we had a higher effective field goal percentage than our opponent. Um, and so that one's huge. Um, and then, you know, it's the four factors of basketball, right? Uh, our, our free throw rate's huge, right? Like, so we have we have goals within these four. So we try to be able to build, you know, we want to shoot 50% um, or higher effective field goal percentage. We want to shoot 50% from two and then 35% from three, which is not necessarily that that high, um, but that'll help you arrive where, you, where we want to arrive. Um, we want to have a 30% or higher free throw rate, you know, so free throw rate um, is a huge, I mean, like, golly, the, the old adage of making more, you know, then your opponent attempts basically tells the story. And then offensive rebound percentage is one. We emphasize that less and less as the year went on, um, which is funny because we had, you know, we had a, a pretty efficient offensive team. We changed how um, we crashed the glass um, and then, then turnover percentage. But I would say those first two to me are probably more important than the other two. You know, if you're really emphasizing offensive rebound percentage, that's great, especially if a team that can't shoot because you got to go get them. Right. Um, but those are the four things that we're looking at. But I think, um, that two point, like when I'm looking at a box score at halftime, like that's the, and, and then, you know, post game when I'm going through my stuff is I'm looking there real quick. And then like, then you go back and look at the film to say like, was it, is our offense creating the shots that we want? And then are we making those shots? And if we're not making them, then we need more reps at it. And if we're not creating it, then we need more practice at creating. And so I think, um, you know, the data that we look at is a huge, um, I love it. I love, there's nothing more fun than me. It takes me a little bit after a season ends. But going back and pulling all the data on, all right, when we hit this metric, this is what our winning percentage was, right? And I had that going back like the last five or six years, um, which is really cool because then it helps. That helps build a recruiting strategy. That helps build, you know, uh, variations to how you're going to play. Once again, probably not going to give all that to our to our guys, but they they what they get and some some want it, not not mm -hmm. all. But some are like, coach, explain everything to me. I was like, okay, cool, we'll do that. And they're like, man, you're a nerd, coach. It's like, okay, yeah, that's you asked for it. So, uh, and then others are like, coach, I don't care, just show me some film. So, uh, but no, I think that's something that like, I could probably spend a lot more time uh, talking about because it's such a huge. I, I love diving into it and learning from it, um, and then finding different ways to to make our team better through it. If by chance somebody heard something that they want more information on, where would you direct them? Yeah, I mean, they can they can. Uh, so on uh, on social media, I'm just at Claude Shields um, on Twitter, um, you know, my all my contact info is on our website. I would love to um, be able to talk shop uh, with anybody because I think the um, whether it's uh, open or, or, or Princeton, um, just shoot at me an email um, and, and striking up a conversation. I think that's something that, you know, I've been here. Uh, I, I tell I only have two kids. I have a three and a half year old and an eight month old. But I think coaching is a lot like parenting and man, every single day and every year. I realized that a year ago I knew very little. And so uh, I think that's what's cool. So I love having conversations to, to learn and grow because oftentimes I'm probably the one learning more from that conversation. So um, it's a it's a huge, um, I, I love being able to do it. And also a championship productions video. Yeah. I want to make yeah. sure that I plug. I'll be sure to put that down below in the description so people can click on that and some great videos that go along with the stuff there. So. That's Coach Claude Shields, head coach for the Peace Pacers. Coach, a lot of great information. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.